May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles in the way they all should. May your bad days prove that God is good. May your struggle keep you near the cross. May your trouble show that you need God. May your battles in the way they all should. May your bad days prove that God is good. May your whole life prove that God is good. Give him praise. I want to talk about, just for a few moments, discovering God is good when days are bad. Things that make you go, hmm. God is good, but how many in the room have ever come across a day that's bad? Reminds me of a man who came to church just like this broke through the back door, made his way to the altar. He had ragged clothing, was not prim and proper, Nick, like us. See, he, he didn't have aromatherapy like you have put on cologne and perfume. That was aroma, but it was a stench. Can you visualize? From the back of the church to the front, he came. Pastor was giving his introductory remarks, and this man sat Indian style. That's not politically correct. That's not appropriate. Crisscross <laughs> applesauce. In front of God, in front of everybody, this man sat. The oldest man in the building, chairman of deacons, rose when he saw this go down and marched down the same aisle to where the man sat. And you could see the crowd rustling. Ooh. You could tell that something was going to happen to snatch this ragged stench-filled man from the posture at the front of the altar. The senior-most chairman of deacons made his way, got right next, I know, got right next to the man who sat. And you know what he did? He sat right next to him, crisscross. The pastor broke into tears, and he said, what you've heard me already share, you'll never remember. But what you've just witnessed, you'll never forget. That's abstract. Can, can I bring it to a place? Because many of us in this room, in fact, all of us individually and collectively need to bust a move to the altar and get crisscross applesauce in prayer. Why? Because if it ain't about a man coming with stench and ragged clothes, it ought to be a prayer posture for what's happening with Israel at war with Hamas. 
It ought to be, if it hadn't gone uh, out of your memory bank, a prayer of intercession for the Ukraine and Russia still being in war posture. That's just to name a few things, but the Scripture says in Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, may they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls, we're commanded to pray, and security within your towers for my brothers and companions' sake. I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. And if you don't like the Old Testament, the New Testament, Matthew 24, verse 6 says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, verse 12, and because lawlessness will be increased. Turn to your neighbor and say, wickedness. Turn to the other neighbor and say, he's talking to you. I'm in the text. Lawlessness, wickedness, all of that will be in the midst, and the love of many will grow cold. I guess they didn't have Reggie leading worship in the midst of what was happening in the Matthew text. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I want you to understand that that, that was international, because bad days are not just in a jurisdiction of where we dwell. It's all over the place. Let the church say, ouch. Can I get personal? My daughter, Caitlin Satterfield, had her Kia Soul broken into recently. There's this ring of vandals, and they're doing the Kia Challenge. Her vehicle was broken into. They burst through the back window and messed up the steering column with the intent as vandals to steal her vehicular mobile. But I stopped by to tell you, it didn't work. God is Can I tell you how good he is? Had there been something to happen to my baby girl, you would not see me here because I would be incarcerated <laughs> for putting Will Smith hands into a situation. But God is good. Here is Scripture's admonition to us as we acknowledge the goodness of God, no matter the circumstance, no matter the scenario, no matter the situation, abstract, international, or personal. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 3. And if you didn't bring your Bible, you got to look at it on screen so that you'll know I'm not making any of this up. 2 Timothy chapter 2, three verses will be our primary focal text for this morning as we entertain discovering God is good when days are bad. What does the Lord say in the passage of Scripture? So you, my son, that includes daughter, be strong. And I want to give it to you and amplify it as you look at it in the text you have. Constantly strengthened. Be empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. The things, the doctrines, the precepts, the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you learn from Pastor Jason Paredes, which you get from Pastor Matt Hunter, which you get from Pastor Tony over at Grand Prairie, which you get from all the staff, the worship team, this ministry, you have heard taught, you've heard preached in the presence of witnesses in trust on this Sunday, the 26th day of the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2023, to reliable and faithful men who will also be able and qualified to teach others. I stopped by on my way to heaven 
Mike Satterfield is my name for those who are clueless, a.k.a. Chocolate Thunder. And I came this way in order to encourage you. I want to encourage you. And I need you to be encouraged because I want you to understand why start with 2 Timothy as your text. Doesn't sound too pleasant to teach about the goodness of God because of bad days. I had to come here because of bad days. What do you know about bad days? They have come. Bad days for many are here. And I hate to serve you notice, bad days are on the way. Bad days. They interrupt our experience of a good God. Bad days. Bad days, we have to determine, uh, we all have them. We must accept them. We ought to make it up our mind that we ought to learn how to make the most of them. Now, this is not a Debbie Downer sermon. This is not a Danny Doomsday message. This is a reality check. It's a wake-up call. We need to be admonished. You're either coming out of a storm, bad day. You're either in a storm, bad day, Shelley, or one is on the horizon like a tsunami that's breathing that upon you which you don't want to encounter. But hang on, encouragement is on the way. Anybody ready? But, but here's the deal. Did you wake up this morning supposed to be thankful, supposed to be grateful, and people are still at your house? <laughs> You're supposed to be celebratory. That's my big word for 2023. <laughs> yeah. Acknowledging God's goodness, but there are dreaded bad days. I know that perhaps you didn't sleep well last night. Somebody else woke up with a headache. Somebody else got a telephone call awakening you earlier than you had anticipated. Tire flat. Yeah. Car battery dead. Yeah. Air condition and heater. Kapunk. Somebody heard refrigerator died. You got all Nana's Nana pudding. And Paul Paul's sweet tater pie. We don't do pumpkin where I'm from. Your worst thing. Still, anybody been sick? Somebody else laid off? Or maybe you've lost a loved one through divorce or death. And you don't want to fail them. You don't want to fail God. But you don't feel like doing nothing. Anybody know some folk that will get on your last good nerve and turn a good day into a what do we do, preacher? Don't be long-winded. We got to beat the Methodists to the restaurant. <laughs> what do we do? How do we discover and trust God is good when days are bad? I'm glad you asked. I've got a couple of things, a few faith steps we got to put into our shoe leather and walk and work out. Number one, what do I do to determine God is good when days are bad? My left, your right. The altar is going to be open. There will be pastors and leaders that will Stand proxy at this altar. And the first thing you need to do is elbow them out the way because you're supposed to do your best. How do, how do I get to this good God? How do I make it real and trust that he's who he says he is? Somebody shout, do your best. Anybody guilty of not? Not last year, not when you first found religion. Anybody guilty today of not giving your very I'm challenging us because when you give your very best, it's not a feeling. It's not in your feels. 
The Scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 3, be strong, be empowered. And God is saying, I'm not calling you to feel strong and feel empowered. I'm calling you not to think about it, but to be about it. Be at your best. I have to help because fortunately, acceptable Christian service isn't based on feelings. It's based on obedience. See what I did? The B. Yeah. Do your best. The altar ought to flood based on that first point alone because many of us come in here and give God our leftovers. We've not determined first day, first thought, first thing in the morning to give God a total surrender. We want to do church light instead of let God have his way and bring us to be the church so we can serve Arlington like this house determines to inhale and exhale the gospel. This is not hearsay. This is not wishful thinking. God is commanding us to be about his glory. Somebody needs to come forward. I heard a church member tell me right here, I ain't going. I was like, why wouldn't you come for the scripture says, come unto me, all who are weary, heavy laden, bad day. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek. I'm lowly in heart. And you won't just get rest for your physical body, but I got some rest for your soul. They said, I ain't going. I said, why not? Because then they will know. And I looked around for they. Now, who? Them. I'm like, the leadership? It don't matter. All of them. At the, I ain't going. Because they will know. I said, lean in. Can I say something? <laughs> what? They already know. Touch somebody and say, you are one fry short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. You might as well get off your blessed assurance and do something about the Word of God. First thing you do, do your best. Parents, that was your permission to say, did you hear him? Kids, that's your permission to say, he's talking to you too. I got to help because when he was dying on the cross, our Lord was never more in the will of God yet his body didn't feel good. That's why we ask, will you? Because it's a matter of the will. It's not force. It's not putting you in a chokehold. It's you saying, I will, even if I don't feel like it. Will you today? Just today. Maybe not tomorrow. That's another day. Give him your very best. Anybody need that? Come on, show your hands. I need to give him my body. And I haven't. It hadn't. It's, it's one of those days. And Jesus said, I don't want to drink from the cup because the same hands that were raised at Fielder aren't going to do what they were saying they need to do. Nevertheless, Jesus says, here's an exchange program. Not my will. A good God will step in and he will cause all things to work together for good of them who love him and are the called according to his purpose. So here's the truth. Check it out on the screen. The truth is people are depending on us, and the greatest ability is dependability. I'm preaching. That's tweetable, textable, Snapchatable, Instagrammable. That's a t-shirt. The greatest ability is dependability. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter the season, abstract, international, or personal, I want us to be called to our best. Somebody should have came to the altar already and got crisscross. Applesauce. Hmm, think about it. Would you rather serve with someone who is average but reliable? Or would you want to wait on the talented ones who are not dependable or trustworthy? 
and never come around to do what they want to do. Think about it before you judge or answer too quickly. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice lane? Larry Dan, is your heart what the Spirit controls? The baby even said, amen. You'll only find rest. You'll only be blessed when you decide today, I'm going to give God all my body and all my soul. Number two, do your best. But the second thing I found just looking at 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3 is when you do your best, while you're at it, make up your mind you're going to serve God no matter how you feel. Make up your mind. Wait, preacher, that sounds just like point number one. Do my best when I thought my best wasn't good enough. But the second thing is to make up your mind that you're going to serve God no matter how you feel. Can I help? The first was determination. The second is continuation. A lot of y'all have some projects you started have not been completed at your house. Anybody got a sweater you started 15 years ago? And one sleeve complete, the other one's still on the sewing machine? Oh, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Any fellas got a woodwork project in your garage and the wood ain't working? God says, he who begins a good work is the one that will bring it to completion. So you ought to turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. Then the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Make up your mind. What does that mean? Be committed right here at the altar. If you're doing your best, somebody else needs to come and say, hey, leaders, I'm not really committed. I threw down my choir robe and hung up my family Bible. You know the big one, two people had to turn the page. I quit. I'm a professional quitter. And God says, that's not the spirit I've given you. I've called you to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Not that you already attained everything you need, but today, one thing you could do, forget what happened to you and who did it a day ago and take hold of what God is arresting you from. He wants you to know storms have come, are here, and will be on the way, but I'm in the middle of that storm with you. Determine, I'm going to have a made-up mind. That didn't convince you. I went 75 days sugar-free. Yes, I did. My daughter said, Dad, let's do 75 hard. I'm like, huh? 75 days, no sugar. I said, do what? 75 days? She quit day two. I had to keep going. She's going to get me for that. <laughs> hey, Kayla, love you, smooth. Here's a challenge. 75 days. I went sugar free. Don't, don't stare down this muscularity. Be careful. It's a stumbling block. Some of y'all are saying, you don't look like you went. <laughs> Can I tell you, had you been there, day 75, swatch buckling. Day 76, the bad day. <laughs> All of it came back and jumped on me without permission. But it's amazing what could happen when you become committed with a made-up mind. Anyone need to make up your mind? Stop being all over the place in your thought life. Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Today is the day that he will give you a commitment to do your best, and you've got to be considerate that God in his goodness knows about your bad days. He's not somewhere on the Milky Way sleep. 
He'll give you a 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, initiative, a motivation that you need when you need it most. God supplies, watch this, not just so you can survive a bad day, but he comes that you can conquer with the weapons of his warfare, which are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. No weapon formed against you can ever prosper when you lean on the everlasting arms of, I made up my mind, not by my might nor by my power, it's the spirit of the living God that's like fire shut up in my bones, who gives me running in my feet, clapping in my hands, and a hallelujah in my praise. Well, Mike, that sounds real spiritual, but uh, if God is so good, why are bad days even allowed for believers doing their best with a made-up mind, determined and committed? Glad you asked me, because he tells us in his word. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, answers the question, why me, God? Why now, God? Why this, God? A baby cries on that one, too. I know the struggle is real. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, when you find it, say amen. Here's what the Word says. To keep me from thinking of myself as important. Uh Uh-oh. God allows it. He allows it to cease. He allows it. I don't want it. God, I would have thought of a thousand different ways you could have got me to the place I need to be. But here the Word says, so that you don't think yourself so important, a thorn in the flesh was given. A messenger of even Satan has visited to torment, to harass. Why? To keep you from exalting yourself. Somebody ought to shout, ego means, shout that with ego means, etching God out. Y'all missed it. Ego means etching God out. And to factor himself back in, somebody in the room needs to get to the altar, crisscross applesauce, because you think you are God. He has to sit you down. I'm in the Word. I'm not making this up. To keep me from exalting myself concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might not have to deal, that it would leave me, but he has said, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness, my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. You ought to thank God the bad day has come to show God is good that you are enabled to know he is wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father, and he's Emmanuel, God with us now. Not when the battle is over, I can shout because I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory, and victory's mine in the name above all other names, Alpha Omega, beginning and end, first and last. He's a way maker, a mind regulator, bridge over troubled waters. He is real and a reward of the crisscross. The pastor came to sit next to a man. This is not scripted. This is not planned. Crisscross apple should have beat him to the punch, unless you think you're God. And this is all about me, myself, and can I go to a close? I need you to understand, occasionally bad days, off days, are miseries, which are nuisances and problems 
that ought to become your servant instead of your master. I want to give you permission right now to not get caught up telling other people how bad your day is. For the rest of the year, stop being Wendy Weiner and Kenny Complainer. Just for the rest of 2023. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? If you change complaint and you allow God to give you the words that come from on high, the words that are life, the words that strengthen, the word that doesn't go out and come back empty-handed, in the middle of, you could let rich people say that uh, God has me and he's richer than I. You could let those who are the redeemed say that he is a wonder, he is a mighty worker, he is the one who's in charge of all things great and small. Let me help. That means off days are also what Warren Worsby in a book entitled on being a servant calls offer days. Say offer days. That means you can offer God the opportunity to take what you've been burdened by and do with it what he will. Okay, y'all are messing with me now. You can offer God yourself as an opportunity to let go and let him have his way. That didn't stretch you. Let me give you something else. If you're going to do your best and then you're going to be one who's committed with a made-up mind, couple more things. You need to be still to identify God is in his goodness. That means you need to align, seek first the king and his kingdom and all of his righteousness. Then what you need on a bad day can turn into a good day because he's a good God whose thoughts are not yours, whose ways are not yours, but he wants you to find in him rest. That makes no sense, preacher. Anybody ever take a vacation but couldn't enjoy it? Because you would think about what you had left behind. That would be work piled up. I'm the only one. Anybody ever in here couldn't really rest and couldn't get still because uh, the vacation was going to mean things were piled up on the home front? Lean in. Yet I wanted you to be encouraged because even phones and computers need to power down, unplug, and recharge before they can work in proper order. Lean in. Be still. Anybody ever have a parent, guardian, elder, grown-up tell you, Kit. that's all I'm saying. He said, Kit. they got you by the earlobe right now. Sit. Be quiet. Shut. That's not proper. Hush. You need to be still. And when you're still, you thought they came up with it, but God said it first in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, mighty. He's impenetrable, a very present and well-proven help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should be in war and rumor and war. That earth can be changed and the mountains shaken and slip into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar and foam, all of this formed in your very eyesight. There's a river whose stream makes glad the city of God. And God calls us in Psalm 46 to Selah. Give him your best. Be committed with a made-up mind. Be still so you can say la. S-E-L-A-H. Shout Selah. Selah is a word used 74 times in the Hebrew Bible. Its etymology and precise meaning are unknown, though various interpretations given. It's probably a liturgical musical uh, mark for the band in the room, and 
or maybe it's uh, a reading in the text that means stop, look, and finally listen. He has to slow us down so we can stop, look, and finally listen. I've seen Selah in my own life, and it means to keep the most vital appointment of every day, which is spending time alone with God. Shout amen. amen. What does that mean? Stop, look, listen. Talk to him. Listen to him. Give yourself and every commitment in your schedule to God for his very special help. And when you pause and you know that God is still on the throne, he's able to do immeasurably more. He's the one who gives you life abundant and not by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, and you've been mad because you're a lady with hair on your chin. Let that sink in. You'll catch that on the way to lunch. He's got special help. Second Timothy says, he will be strong for you. He will be empowerment for you. The Lord knows you better than you know yourself. So you need to ask for his grace every day, sufficient to supply every day that you will be those who put your obligations in his hands, your interruptions in his hands, so you don't have to fret if he changes plans or allows things to change unforeseen, uninvited, and that are not desired interruptions. Guess what you've just done if you do your best? Guess what you've done if you make up your mind to be committed? Guess what you've done if you'll sit and be still so you can give him a healthy, hearty, you have taken the pressure off yourself. I'm helping. I'm here to encourage what you've done is without avoiding or shrinking from your responsibility, you've turned over to God what he specializes in. And he's a way maker. And he is the one who gives me peace. I don't understand it surpasses my earthly understanding, crisscross, applesauce. He gives me peace in the midst of the storm. So what do I do if I give him my best? What do I do if I'm really being committed with a main up mind? What if I get still and I even said Selah, never heard the word before, but you said it was a word I could use. I'm going to use it to stop, look, and listen. Here's what you've done. You've called yourself to rest. Shout rest. rest. Come on, somebody say rest. rest. Okay, to be strong, to be empowered requires you rest on and rest in God. I've learned not to fret because I'm resting in God, and I'm beholding his work. And God's taught me to trust in him so I can recognize alignment. I'm realizing that all my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I can sing of the goodness of God. Every struggle keeps me near. Every trouble shows I need. Every battle does end working together the way it should. And my bad days, they're just proving, they're proving something. They're proving God is good. Psalm 23 says it this way. Some of us, in order to rest, need the shepherd to come in who makes us lay down. You need this, Pastor. You're going 90 to nothing in the name of the Lord, for the Lord, and sometimes doing what he didn't ask you to do. And God says, I'm going to make you lay down. Anybody need that? You wouldn't do it in your own strength. You won't do it because you thought of it. God says, sit down. I want to give you rest. I needed that because uh, busy Christians sometimes push themselves so much that they actually forget how to rest. 
My mom messed me up. She's 82, and my mom said, son, I forgot how to run. You better hop, skip, and jump as long as you got the power. And if, I never thought of how do you forget how to run. If they said, run, she would be, save yourself. <laughs> she couldn't. You know some people who can't skip anymore. They have to think about it. And, <laughs> Back then, and God is saying, right now, I want you to know that I will mount you on wings of an eagle so you can run and not be weary. Today, you get to walk and not faint because God is. Psalm 23, 2 says he makes us lie down, and sometimes I need that on an off day so I can stop fighting like children do to keep from going to sleep because they don't want to miss anything. We call it control. None of y'all struggle, but other churches at this hour want all the control. And I'm reminded of a European missionary as even the band comes out. A missionary went to Africa, and and Africa had the indigenous people do works on behalf of the missionary. And they were driving these indigenous folk to go and to take stuff from one location to the other. Think of Mombosa to Lake Victoria, and the porters went at a slower pace than the missionaries desired, so they cracked the whip, and they said, we got to get after it. And by day three, they had driven them hard, and the leaders sat around the campfire applauding themselves for how much they enabled the folk to work like they wanted them to work. And day four, the African village spokesman said, we ain't going another step. And the missionary was disheartened. Wait wait a minute, we were doing so well. Everybody looks good. Why aren't you going forward? And here's what the village spokesman said. Yeah, we look good, but we went so quickly yesterday that we must wait here for our souls to catch up with us. Is it well with your soul? Are you so busy trying to get to the next thing, the next assignment, commit, commit, the next, complete the next, that you're not fully present in the moment? I'm guilty. I could preach today thinking about two sermons from now. I can be in this room, look like I'm in the midst, but I'm already somewhere else at the lunch table. And God says, I want you fully vested. Will you? It's a matter of the will. Will you see your soul catch up so that you could truly be at rest? I conclude. Day by day, even the bad off day, which are not the same as days off, can be approached with the right attitude. With a good God who turns an off day to an offer day. So you can give him the opportunity to fix what's broken in you. With the right attitude, we can discover God is good when days are bad. And you can do your best with a made-up mind and God's almighty divine help, empowering by the grace he enables to be still, say lie, and rest. So what's the invitation? I need leaders to come on up here and make your way. I need pastors to be accessible because the offer for you on a bad day some of you are saying, no, my day's been good. This message was not for me. Then you need to be the intercessor at the altar, thanking God that he's brought you out or he's kept you from. 
Now, I don't have a struggle. All is well. You need to be the first one at the altar thanking him from Thanksgiving to this day across the holiday, which is not the season to be jolly for a lot of folk, that he would be the kind of friend that's sticking closer than a brother to give you exhale when you know you should have been dead and gone. That's first. Second, somebody else is here and you're in the storm. And one is in full view after that. And you need God's strength. You hadn't been at your best because you're caught up with hopelessness. And God is saying, today is your day for victory. You don't have to grab for it. I already won it on Calvary's cross. I was wounded for the transgression. Bruised, Reggie, for the iniquity. The chastisement speed that was upon me brings me to your strength because it was your stripes that have today made me whole. My battles can turn because God steps in. Someone else will admit, I have not been obedient. I'm seeking feeling. And you're the very one who should be crisscross applesauce. I'm done here, but in order to offer God your bad day, you got to first offer God you. And the altar is open for some folk who say, I'm going to do the best to give him what I thought was not even worth having. OJ, that's me. Duke, that's me. Standing in the need of a prayer moment. <laughs> Every head bowed. God, somebody has gone too hard. They forgot how to spell it or even what it means to really rest. Somebody else is caught in their feelings. They're mad right now. Someone said a word that didn't set well. And they thought of all seasons this would be the one they would feel complete and encouraged. I pray you will step in. I'm asking as leaders or assembled that someone who hasn't offered their life will come and say, I need salvation from my disobedient way, my lack of faith, and for settling for less than your best. Deliver me from me, God. Someone else who thinks this is elementary and message was not deep enough, thank you that you major in simplicity. And that stuff we've talked about is easier said than done. May you take my little and make it much. I'm done, but you're speaking, God. Let not a soul leave here the same way they came in. We got a baptistry. We've got communion elements. But the greatest thing of all is you, the good God, who says here. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Your amen is obedience. And if you need to come to the altar and just grab a hold of somebody and say, pray with me, struggling. You need to get to somebody and say, you know what? I've been playing a good role. I wear the mask. And I play like things are well, but it's not. 
my soul is not rested. You've been struggling because you've had loss, and this season reminds you of family members who have gone, and as an empty seat at the table, God says, I'm good. And whatever you're going through could very well be that thorn that says, turn back to me or come to me for the first time. And I'm going to give you something you cannot manifest, rest for soul. As Reggie leads us in song, the altar is open. And if you can't get to somebody, just hold on. Encouragement is on the way. He's got your best interest in mind. Even when days seem bad. Christ alone 